This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't do anything ever. Joining me today, he is the front man of the fantastic rock band Countless Thousands. You can hear us doing a show together on February 3rd at the Sardine in San Pedro. It's only my first time doing comedy since COVID. No big deal. But hey, I'm supposed to be talking about our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Danger Van Gorder. Also joining me, he is almost never on the podcast anymore. So rarely, in fact, that I forgot having him on this podcast with Danger is the bane of my existence. What a combination these two are. Ladies and gentlemen, Chet Wild. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me today is co-host, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but I do have a couple of guests. Case in point, this is like having Sasquatch on the episode, rarely seen anymore. Chet Wild is here. <laughs> I, uh, you must be low on guests around the holidays <laughs> because the fact that you would put Danger and I together, like I thought that was a verboten combination. Oh yeah, it's, I, I told my wife about this and she definitely gave me a look of concern. When I said that you two are going to be on the same pod. We're fun. That Adam texted me. He's like, hey, I know you're kind of retired in your pickleball community or whatever, but uh, (laughs) would you be willing to do a podcast? I'm like, sure. And then he's like, do you have any issue doing it with danger? And I'm like, not that I know of. Why? And he's like. Because last time we talked about it, you said you only wanted to pod with me or Alex Schmidt. Yeah, and I had to clarify to Adam, I meant the only podcasts I'll go on are your podcast or Alex, like, fuck everybody else. But Adam thought, like, I would only exclusively podcast with that combination of people. And honestly, until then, I didn't have the idea, but that's actually a great idea. So this is my last podcast with Danger Ever. (laughs) Hey, Danger Van Gorder's here, too. Hello. Yeah, Chet brought up the guest situation. What's actually happening is in this one week, I'm trying to record all the podcasts I need through the first week in January so I can, like, take an actual week off for once. What was the last, like, meaningful chunk of time off that you took? I guess when I went to the U.S. Open, but even then I did a show the Sunday before, so I had to spend it all stressed about that, but... It's been a, quite a while since I've taken yeah. a full week off, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I know it's it. all chuckles for our listeners or whatever, but, uh, you know, people tuning in. Adam, hardest working man in showbiz. Never never stops. Never doesn't sleep. He looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm falling apart. It is not good. If we recorded these on video, oh, man. Hey, just joking. We do record these on video. Yeah. Check out our YouTube page. Anyway, we're doing another Unpopular Opinions episode. I think we got some good ones. Should I start? I mean, me and Chet have some good ones. Danger didn't do his homework I'm, assignment. Yeah, no, I'm kind of a homework. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I'm a little, I feel conformist, you know. I, I, I don't really feel like I'm, uh, or like all the stuff that I believe, like a lot of people believe that along with me. I'm just sort of in a, in a, in a, in a, in a counterculture. But maybe we're the majority, baby. I don't know. I, I don't stand alone <laughs> in a lot of places. I mean, it doesn't have to be an opinion that only you share in the entire world. Like it could be. Yeah. 
You it's just... unpopular opinion, not exclusive opinion. Yeah, mm, okay. but it's it's fine. I'll start, especially as it pertains to Hollywood and acting. People need to calm down about nepotism babies, man. For one thing, a thing I've always said, they still have to be good at what they do. Your name can be whatever you want it to be, but that's not going to be enough to keep you employed forever as a Hollywood actor. And if you think that's true, ask Dakota Johnson's parents. I guess Don Johnson, was he in like Knives Out or something like that? Yes. Okay, what's the last thing Lisa Bonet was in? No idea. Mm-hmm. Name your 20 favorite Lenny Kravitz songs from the 2000s. Has he released uh, 20 songs in the 2000s? I mean, he was playing stadium shows at that point. And you think There's that's a- getting Zoe Kravitz acting jobs? I don't know. I mean, me? But, no, me. I, I mean, that no. seems to be the argument people have is that, well, just because of their name, they're taking opportunities away from less from equally talented people. So they're starting on a different base. That's the kind of nuance that's left out of like, if you have a very famous like Lily Collins, her dad's Phil Collins. So she might have started on second or third base oh. and somebody else, you know, is starting on first base because they don't have, you know, debt and somebody else is starting at, at ground zero, you know, if, if they have no connections, no money, whatever. So a lot of the people, a lot of the people in L.A. who claim nepotism also just they're kind of projecting their own failures yeah, and their we, own shortcomings. We, we live in a place where that's going to be the biggest problem for, you know, people on the ground. You know, because not everybody can get the audition. You know, a lot of people are are struggling to, to, to break through. And it can certainly be extremely annoying to see somebody else who just has a last name we know get into just get into the room. You know, like once they're actually in the room. All right, cool. Maybe they can t- do something with it. And look like this. That's just like basic parenting. Like I want my kids to be able to have more opportunities than I did. Um, also, I'm talent paid. is a small was that? talent is a small percentage of the pie. It's a, an important percentage of the pie, but like people don't make it on talent alone in anything. There yeah. are just so many other factors, luck, yeah, yeah. connections. If you're not an asshole or if you're a huge asshole, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. No, you, you, you. I mean, I'd be playing stadium shows if it's all about talent because I'm the most talented person. In well, also, world. your dad is Mike Rutherford of the band Genesis. But that didn't seem to help you. Yeah, your references are tough to follow. Mike and the mechanics in the living years? Come on, man. I tweeted about this and people were up in arms. I mean, everyone was nice about it. We were like talking back and forth, but no one threatened to murder me or anything, which I appreciate. Such a dialogue on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the points I made on there is that I get that nepotism is a problem, but for one thing... People are focusing on nepotism in Hollywood. That, I still maintain, is going to be one of the places where nepotism is just going to get you in the door. Like, people are spending millions and millions and millions of dollars making these movies. And I'm sorry, no matter what you think to the contrary, Lily Collins having the last name Collins is not bringing people to the theater. There's absolutely... Minus me. Yeah, well, I don't care whose name we're talking about. Like, I guess Kravitz a little bit, but no one's going to a movie just because Zoe Kravitz has that last name. Sure. My reaction upon seeing her name in Fury Road was like, oh, all right. You know. Well, when did that come out? Fury Road? Was that 2015? Yeah, she had already been in X-Men movies by then. So why is seeing her name in Fury Road so bothersome? It's not. Well, not not to me. I think the, the... we're talking about Hollywood and there's some degree of egalitarianism there. Like Jack Quaid is a good actor. You know, Wyatt Russell uh, is a good actor. There are people out there with talent who are getting roles. And I'm like, I am enjoying watching you. Like the boys is fucking rad. And Jack Quaid is dope. Like I'm more concerned with the nepotism of like here in Los Angeles, this guy who is the son of a state senator ran for state Senate. So like, okay, well, you already know his last name. He's bringing not a whole lot of new ideas to the table. You know, it's like your Liz Cheney's out there. Like, oh, people are people are bending over backwards, praising her as the one sane Republican or whatever. But she's still Dick Cheney's kid. You know, she still believes 100% of the same things that the rest of them do. That's the nepotism that bothers me. Or rather, that's part of it. The real nepotism is just inheritance. 
like Elon Musk is the nepotism baby because he's inherited a goddamn all the fortune from an it was it an emerald mine? You know, we're not really talking about that, but that's the nepotism that is a problem. I mean, we can get up and arms. His dad about was it. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> no one could put me off a train of thought like Chet Wild. God that was pretty. He he got all the Chaos Emeralds, baby. That's a pretty good reference. It is a good reference. That's why I started laughing. Yeah, that's that's the problem, man. That's like the boss's son. Well, that's the nepotism you worry about. That's Not like, all right, well, fucking that's Lily, a th- Lily Collins, whom I still don't know who that is. That's a thing we have said several times. It's Phil Collins' daughter. Yes, She's in a whole bunch of, her of movies. To her father, I don't know what you've done. Okja? Fucking Google it, dude. I'll Okja? Afterwards. I'm not going to get on my phone while I'm talking to you guys. Yeah, she's Adam, in... remember Okja? Okja, you bastard. So good. Also, I will posit that nepotism is annoying when it's Willow Smith putting out records and singles when she's 12 years old and I'm hearing them as a you know, person at that point in my late 20s. Like, what? why is this child here's, getting here's, on the radio? Okay, here's one of my problems with this Hollywood and music argument. You knew that was the case going into it. Like, you knew, okay, I'm trying to get into acting, but there are also families full of actors. Like, the Barrymores are a family full of actors. And kids go into the family business all the time. You knew this was going to be a thing. And if you weren't ready to work a little harder to overcome it, then why did you get into it in the first place? Because I also wonder, what do you want people to do? People want this idea of fairness to exist in Hollywood. In the world. However, often the pushback, there's inevitably going to be criticism because if I don't get the thing and I'm not the center of attention and I didn't get the part, then it's not fair. That's where narcissism comes into play in Hollywood. The thing also, nepotism, like Danger said, exists everywhere. While we're out here worrying about Dakota Johnson getting movie roles, what about the son of a business owner who gets a warehouse manager job, even though he did nothing to deserve it, has never worked in a warehouse a day in his life, and now he gets to go make all these regular poor people's lives fucking miserable by being terrible at his job. And I feel like that's also kind of the nepotism that we could intervene in and change a little bit. Like there are- systemic change right there. Yeah, there are like rules and laws that could be put in place to fight that kind of thing in the workplace. Like workplaces have rules and regulations that govern them for a reason. I don't know how people think they're gonna change nepotism in Hollywood. Like it seems like such a futile complaint in that- Kids are going to do what their parents do sometimes. And I really take exception to people like I've mentioned that some of these people are legitimately talented and people who respond on Twitter cannot resist putting the word talented in air quotes. (laughs) It's like, of course, the daughter of Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz is going to have some chops like it's in her blood. Like that is just natural. So I don't know why it has to be. Oh, well, because they had a leg up in life. They're not actually talented. The daughter of the owner of the Buffalo Bills is the highest ranked tennis player in the United States. She didn't do that because her parents are rich. Like that gave her a little bit of a leg up. But guess what? Rich people play tennis all the time. And I guarantee you she's not the only rich kid playing tennis, but she is the best. Yeah. I'd rather her be doing that with her money as opposed to like starting a right-wing news network or something. (laughs) Sure. My counterexample to this whole thing is Julia Louis-Dreyfus, because like, she, isn't her dad like an actual, honest-to-God billionaire? Like, wasn't he a billionaire in the 90s? Back when that meant something? Yeah. Uh, Back when there was only like two? But she's still a comedy genius. She's one of the funniest women to walk this planet, like ever. You know, she earned where she is. Yeah, she had more opportunities because she didn't have to worry about making ends meet as much as the rest of us. That that rings the most true for me. With like, if it was purely actors. nepotism, uh, Richard Pryor's daughter would be the most famous comedian of our generation. Yeah, is she a comedian? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, she was an actor. She was on A Different World for a while. Barry Gordy, his son, Rockwell. Remember Rockwell? The song I I, I always Barry Gordy. I always feel like somebody's watching me. 
Remember that song oh, from the 80s? I always feel like somebody's watching me. You want to talk about nepotism? That guy is the son of Barry Gordy. And do you know who sang the chorus on that song? It's Michael Jackson. And Jermaine Jackson. Both. Name any other Rockwell song. I, I, I don't know. Exactly. Nelson. Exactly. So it gets you in the door, but you still, like if people, if, if you suck, people are going to not react to it. And another thing someone brought up on Twitter was, well, those people just get endless opportunities to be good at what they do. Citation needed. <laughs> more opportunities. Look, they don't have to worry about their bills as much as, as, as most Yeah, but people. that's like, of all the, here's my point, of all the places to worry about that, why are we worried about it with acting? I don't know. I don't well, know. Let's, let's, let's go to, let's go to vulture.com. We, we'll as a species, you, I think he means. Yes. When you say we, how much of it is just coming from other people that want those roles and are trying to make it in Hollywood? Well, just it's it's people are annoyed and it's it's fun to talk about things that annoy us rather than like the real legitimate grievances. Like my boss's kid is now my manager and he's a prick, you know, like that's not fun. And that's not something that is more easily solved. Like we have a lot of problems in our life and it's just it's sometimes a nice release to just go, oh, I roll. Look, it's another um, whatever. I like all the scars guards, um, but yeah. maybe that's a problem for some people. I, 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 all this, all the scars guards are great. Love those scars guards. Yeah, let's let me let me run through some of the re- replies I got on Twitter yeah, over this. Uh, here's one. I always reflect that there are so many forgotten, talented people that never had the connections and opportunities their talents deserved. So. What does that have to do with the children of actors? Like, what is the proposition here? We ban them from being able to make movies? Like, there are going to be talented people who don't have the connections, whether kids of actors sure, are making yeah. movies or if not. If you come like, across somebody with talent and you want to support them, then, then support them. Like, watch their stuff. Yeah. Throw some money at them. Pay and also, countless thousands. going to the right college, which people discount that when it comes to nepotism, too. Oh, yeah. Fraternities mm-hmm. exist to make those connections when you get out in the world. You want to make a dent in nepotism in this country and a lot of other problems in this country, abolish the fraternity system. Just erase it from existence. It exists only to give rich people even more of a leg up when they get out into the workforce. The other dirty secret, not everyone's talented enough to like achieve their dreams. Well, yeah, there's also I, a work ethic involved too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of the nepotism babies that are like bad and sort of still around. Like it's at some point, and there's gotta be some, some examples out there that people will throw out. And I'm sure that's true. It's just like the people that I'm thinking of, I genuinely like, and like the people that I don't like, I just sort of discard. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You like Pauly Shore's mom was famous. When's the last Pauly Shore movie you remember? Was his mom Dinah Shore? Mitzi Shore. Shore. Yeah. Pauly oh, Shore's mom. the comedy mom? store. He grew oh. up in the comedy store. Yeah. And where are his comedy opportunities these days? I, I mean, mean <laughs> he did have one yeah. of the most legendary careers yeah. of the early 90s. There was a time that he was... He was around escaping. for a while. Yeah. Uh, well, how come he's not getting endless opportunities to hone his craft? He's still putting out specials and selling out clubs. He's doing okay. Yeah, so are several friends of mine who do not have rich parents or come from the industry. There's so many examples of that. I think it's, you know, we live in America where you're supposed to be able to work your way to the top. And it's supposed to, you know, everyone's supposed to start off and be able to earn their own independence one way or another. And people just don't like seeing examples of like, hey, by the way, that is a fiction. And you have to have a lot of things either fall in your lap or be completely lucky or have some degree of those two things and work really hard for an extremely long time. Things aren't fair. Yeah, man, like it's not fair. Life is not fair. And that fucking sucks. And complaining about Jack Quaid is not the solution to feeling better about how unfair things are. I think Bill Burr said Hollywood's also like a game of musical chairs where there's 10,000 people running for three open seats. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think music, too. You don't hear about this so much with music. No one gets mad that Steve Earle's kid also had a very long career as a singer-songwriter, because here's the thing. His kid was good at it. Like, he made 
legitimately good music. I'm saying was because yeah. Justin Towns Earl died during COVID of a drug overdose. Very sad. Nice. Rufus Rain- Wainwright, same deal. Yeah. Rufus like, Wainwright Rufus is, is incredible. Like those kids obviously got a leg up, but you still got to be good. Yeah. I, I, know. Know. I think we just solved this problem, though, you guys. Yeah. It's, I mean, no one is going to agree with me, and it's fine. It's fine. And if you read that article, it's not even that, like, it's kind of on the side of nepotism babies. But people just started tweeting it and being like, yeah, kill them. Like, no, don't kill the kids of actors. They'll be fine. Look, I haven't heard Willow Smith's, well, like, fourth or sixth album. Maybe she's good at this point. I'm just saying for how it felt in 2006 to hear 12-year-old Willow Smith on the radio, that was annoying. uh, And I didn't like it. And I heard it more than once. Well, that song um, fucking slapped is the problem, Danger. Disag- hard disagree. Yeah, but clearly a lot of people hard disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they and know, even, it's your fault for and, paying $100 a month to her Patreon for several years on end, subjecting yourself to her materials. Yeah, even then, that was 2006. Willow Smith hasn't had a hit since. I'm seeing her build. She's got billboards up in L.A. here. She's still yeah, making she can, stuff. She and can, maybe they're good. I she don't can know. obviously afford to finance her own career. Yeah. So what? Like, also, music in the age of the Internet, there's a way lower barrier of entry now. Like, people are getting famous on SoundCloud and YouTube. And I know people want to be mad about that. But why? Why be mad at people for using the avenues available? to them like this isn't baseball we don't have to like hold on to these traditions where oh you got to drive around in a van for 15 years motherfucker no you don't not if you are good enough at music and can get it in front of people sports is probably the greatest argument against nepotism the idea of nepotism babies like ken griffey jr yeah his dad was a major league baseball player and they were they were on the same team one point like you can't fake your way through sports. Like, you have to put up or shut up, right? Doesn't Michael Jordan's kid play yeah, basketball? I was, he, like, I did was all right, just not... going to say Michael Jordan has a few kids who play basketball, and I don't think any of them are going to the NBA. One of them is currently sleeping with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, which is, my God, Holy. the troll of all the right. fucking century. <laughs> that is complex. But, but that's, in many ways, that's even more difficult than breaking. It has different unique challenges than breaking in, quote unquote, on your own, in that you have such expectations leveraged against you that uh, there's an expectation for you to be the best. Yeah. Right. And you can you can go to the tryouts without having to worry about making your bills. And I mean, you have a target on you, like people want to take you out because sure. you're Michael Jordan's kid. Yeah, this whole thing about, oh, but you don't have to worry about bills. Man, welcome to life. Like anything you're pursuing in life, there are people in that field who are rich. There are people in that field whose parents have money. It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Those people exist. Fucking go out and be better than them. Or get mad and dismantle the systems, not the individual people. I do like change, system change. I do too, but I also don't, I don't know. Athletics is a very good point nepotism exists to some degree Deion sanders what about Deion sanders he's bernie sanders kid yeah Deion sanders coach at what mississippi state and he's or or one of those schools down there and he's going jackson state yeah where where is he going to now Uh, colorado yeah and he's taking his he already announced before like when he signed this coach he's like i'm bringing my kid my kid's the starting quarterback like well yeah and i mean if his but also, like, kid, that comes with the territory. If you want him as a coach, that just comes with the territory. But also, what if his kid is good? Yeah, his kid is good. Yeah. So, and and that's a thing where if his kid isn't, it's going to reflect on Deion Sanders as a coach, and it will mm-hmm. negatively impact his career. So, yes, there's a degree of nepotism there, but it's not going to be, like, a long-lasting thing. Also, I don't know. I'm not the famous parent of a kid who's trying to become a famous actor, but... Let's take Michael Jordan, for example. Yes, his kid is going to be able to get unlimited tryouts because of his dad's name. But how long do you think dad's going to want that kid out there on the world stage slandering that good name by fucking sucking at basketball? Like at some point, dad's going to sit him down and be like, you know, you can just like work in the marketing department of our shoe company or something. Right. And I feel like it's the same thing with actors like. 
if you're a parent, that's part of parenting too. Like, yeah, you might push your kid out there, but then once you see that they're not good, I can't imagine that at some point that parent's not going to sit that kid down and be like, this isn't for you, Tiger. Communications. College degree joke. Yeah, Yeah, let's maybe, maybe think about communications instead. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, I don't know. We should move on. What do we got next? I want to hear somebody defend jeans aren't casual because I would love this to be true. I don't think it is, but let's 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 hear it. Jeans aren't casual. What? I don't understand the idea of like, (laughs) oh, you got to wear khakis to this thing. Jeans. Jeans are too casual. They're fucking pants. I get if they're like (laughs) jeans with ripped holes in them. They're dirty, but like pants are pants are pants. Maybe, like, sweatpants you could make an argument because, like, you can see your junk through or whatever, like, easily pull them down or they're not (laughs) well-fitting. But, like, I'm just as uncomfortable in jeans as I am khakis or chinos. Like, jeans are not, like, oh, I feel super casual and comfortable because I'm wearing denim. What the fuck is that shit? And jeans, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to the store. Uh, Jeans are... Or khakis are 10 times as expensive as jeans. No, they cost the same amount of fucking money. It's not like jeans are super cheap and affordable. So I just think it's bullshit, like, casual Friday wear jeans or, like, oh, you can't wear jeans to this restaurant. Like, what the fuck that? That's my my stance. You're so angry. I do think it's a little silly, especially when you're getting into, like, colored jeans, like a a pair of black jeans and a pair of black pants. There's not that much difference. Uh, I mean, there's a texture. There's a marbling, you know. Yeah, but who's feeling my jeans to... Yeah. No, a visual texture. No, seriously. Does anybody want to feel my jeans? I'm (laughs) desperate for affection. You got that dog. Where is the dog? Yeah, but his hair's white and the jeans are black. It wouldn't work out. He's indoors. This is my barn, Danger. But you have a barn? Yeah, this is the upstairs of my barn. They can be pretty cash, though. I wouldn't want to show up to something formal wearing, like, an acid wash. Uh-huh. Or something like that. Like, I think the shade of jeans matters. Like, the darker you get, the more okay. the more formal you're getting. But How with, do we feel about this shade of jeans? You know, I think... This is a I th- audio I medium. Minus the cum stain. Yeah. Those look pretty nice. Audio <laughs> medium, danger. Yeah, well, I'm asking you two gentlemen. I think what, what it is is the degree of wrinkles. Like, those lucky jeans, they're, they, were, they, they cost a pretty penny. They're going to last forever. I love those lucky brand jeans. I would wear. I, yeah, I might. Uh, you know, if Lucky wants to, to work something out, let, let's let's work something out. But like, if I'm going to be going to a job interview, there there might be some wrinkling going on. You know, I would um, argue jeans show wrinkles way less than khakis. Oh, a thousand percent. Like I have a super comfortable pair of khakis that I never wear because I'm going to have to iron them someday. And what am I made of free time? Not ironing my pants. I didn't I didn't take the career path I took. So I would have to be ironing pants in my sure. 40s. Fuck. That's actually off. why you're taking a week off. You're going to spend your last week of the year ironing all of your pants for 2023. That remind what I just said reminds me of this LeBron James commercial that I feel like they eventually stopped airing because people caught on to how low key offensive it was. But it was him, like, at a crossroads in his life and picturing, like, what would have happened if he went this other way. And all that they show happening if he had gone the other way was he was doing his own laundry. And that's, like, the nightmare. Like, he, like, pops out of it and is like, oh, 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 man, it could have been, my life could have been so much worse. And it's like, dude, that's not that bad, doing your own laundry. You could, you have laundry 
that you can afford to do. Take it easy. Same thing with me not wanting to iron my own pants. No, yeah. sir. Uh, you know I, how I iron pants? You don't, do you? I, I get a washcloth, get it a little wet, and then throw it in the dryer with the pants, and then that'll just kind of do its thing. So it seems like Chet has all the unpopular opinions today. He's but an unpopular I, guy. I, since this is the day after Christmas, I want to follow up on one that happened on a recent episode. I had Jeff and Val on to defend some unpopular holiday opinions. Yeah. And Jeff was staunch in his belief that fruitcake is actually good. What? And, th- and that Who people- has eaten fruitcake? Well, here's the thing. That, that was kind of his point is that, well, it's just a punchline, so people never eat it. But if you tried it, it's actually pretty good. So uh, I took Jeff up on that challenge, and I ordered fruitcake from this bakery in Texas that is alleged to make, like, the best fruitcake in the world. They've been selling it since, like, 1895. It's expensive. They made it all in 1895, too. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> I got a whole fruitcake to take to Jeff and Val's Christmas party, and that hasn't... <laughs> That's a great way to shove it in his face. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that hasn't happened yet as we record this, but I am going to make Jeff eat an actual piece of fruitcake. And also, I got a box of these, like, petites. They're, like, little individual bite size. So I could try them beforehand. And? It is arguably the foulest thing I've ever eaten. Like, every joke and punchline you've heard about fruitcake is absolutely true. It is an abomination. (laughs) That bakery should be shut down for what they are doing to Christmas. Here's the thing. They call it a fruitcake. It doesn't even have flour in it. It's not a cake. It's just, have either of you tasted it? Maybe I had it when I was a child. I have no memory of fruitcake because I've been making my own dessert decisions for 25, 30 years. It tastes like a cake that gave up on baking halfway through because it realized it sucks. (laughs) Like it feels like an aborted attempt to make dessert. And someone just like dipped a finger in it halfway through and was like, oh, my God, no. But then if you look at the history of fruitcake, fruitcake used to be a sign of wealth since fruit, especially warm climate fruits, were hard to come by in the winter. And prior to that, did you know in the in the early Americas of like the kind of white colonization of Americas, uh, rich people used to rent pineapples and carry them around at parties because they were so fucking rare. And a sign of wealth. So instead of like renting a Bugatti, you would rent a fucking pineapple and just carry it around. That's so impressive. You know that, Chet. You're so historical. Yeah, I can't believe you just pulled that off the top of your head. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I knew the second one off yeah. the top of my head. The first one, I had a little help. <laughs> yeah, fruitcake's gross. It's gross. It's gross. It's one of the worst things I've ever eaten. It. I, look, I, I'm also, not going to defend fruitcake. I have no idea what it tastes like. Um, it tastes I, like. It, it seems like something that my my great aunt would have served in 1996. And then I would have said, well, there's also chocolate over there, so I'm going to go eat that instead. It tastes like cake that got rained on, (laughs) basically. How did it become a homophobic slur? What? Fruitcake? Fruitcake. Probably the word fruit. Yeah, probably because it has fruit in it. Whereas beefcake is considered praise. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Homophobic praise. I just rewatched all 11 seasons of Cheers, and there's quite a bit of homophobia in the early seasons. No. Calling people things like fruitcake is... uh, No, come on. Also a lot of domestic violence. So I guess guess that's all my thoughts on fruitcake. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, everything you've heard is true. I I apologize. I'll, I'll, I'll steer clear. I apologize for giving Jeff this platform. Is it like to share his hateful ideas about Christmas desserts? Like Be- I hate black licorice. Danger, like, you're not like- you're not ready for what this tastes like. You're not ready for that mouth feel. <laughs> like imagine a cake made with like sort of hardened Vaseline. Like it's uh, okay. Like a like it has paste? there is no cake texture to How it do at you all. Slice it. How do you slice it? I mean, it holds together. Like you can slice a gelatin mold you know i used to eat nox blocks when i was a kid those are just like blocks of slightly more hardened jello so you can do it 
Like you can make it stay together when you cut it. It's just not, it's, if you've never tried it, it is so much worse than you're expecting. Like infinitely worse. Like Vegemite is huge in Australia and I've tried that and it is abhorrent. Like the things that people decide are good actually kind of astound me sometimes. But yeah, no, I'm. I, I, also, if you've never had vaginite, just stay fucking clear. It's disgusting. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we don't need more fruitcake in our world. Popularized by a man it works on here in I, America. Yeah, yeah, here in here yeah, in the United that. States. Yeah, I think it was on every show. I think it was doing all right in Australia before that man it works song. Uh, so yeah, fruitcake. Fuck it. Cool. Chat. What do you want to talk about next? A broken clock is right twice a day, or in this case, twice a presidential term, and even. If his motivations were less than ideal, I think Donald Trump was on the right path in that time that he threatened to ban TikTok. I mean, social media in general is bad and problematic. I'm not going to pretend there aren't obvious issues with Twitter and Facebook and everything else. But let me just go through some stats on TikTok before I get into, you know, its affiliations with the Chinese government. TikTok's algorithm bombards teens with harmful content within minutes. And teens now... Teens spend more time consuming TikTok videos a day than all other streaming video content combined. Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, all that. On average, U.S. teens spend 80 minutes a day on TikTok right now, and those numbers are growing. In a recent study, videos about mental health and body imagery are shown every 39 seconds to teen. An average teen spends 80 minutes a day on TikTok. On average... They're shown suicide content within 2.6 minutes. What? On average, they're shown eating disorder content within eight minutes. For TikTok accounts with lose weight in their username, TikTok recommends three times as many harmful videos and 12 times as many self-harm and suicide videos. What, what are hashtags, you reading from? Uh, you, I know data. you don't have this memorized. Yeah, I'm reading. That's not a secret. Yeah, what are you reading? Why do I always get criticized when I bring any form of research to this pod? Well, I think he's just asking, like, what's what's the, yeah, what's the source? Like, just tell us where you're getting it from. Yeah, I just said I'm I'm pulling it from Counter Hate, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which is Uh, a nonprofit uh, that fights disinformation online. So Those are some troubling statistics, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and TikTok's algorithm shows vulnerable users even more harmful content in their For You feed. This not only impacts how young people, but adults who suffer from eating disorders and mental health issues as well. Um, TikTok puts profit over people's safety. Another study showed mental health content's basically doubled on TikTok since the pandemic. And look, I'm doing this with my eyes closed, so it's memorized danger. 89% of accounts in a survey of 500 accounts putting out mental health content were shown to have zero credibility in terms of any actual licensure or formal training around mental health. And the vast majority around content is oversimplified and or harmful. And it speaks to systemic issues in terms of mental health services being inaccessible or people being outpriced. Mm-hmm. But it's bad for our mental health. And separately, you know, you could argue that it's a psyop thing by the Chinese government. The TikTok experience that children in China have versus US is very different. They're shown primarily aspirational content, things in the STEM field, science and math. And also like TikTok shuts down there. I forget the exact time, but it's like at nine o'clock at night to like seven in the morning. Kids can't go on it. We need that for the internet in Uh, general. Yeah. Remember, Adam, you're old enough for this. Uh, Danger, you might remember this. Like in the 80s, before cable was huge, and like a after the the news or the Tonight Show, they would play the Star Spangled Banner on TV, yeah. and then it would just go off air yeah. until six in the morning. Yeah, Aaron Covington, who was the co-writer of Creed and a bunch of other stuff, I think he wrote on Into the, the Sp- Pod Spider Verse. Also, he was on the show at one point, and we were doing kind of an unpopular opinions thing. Also, and that was his opinion that the internet should work the way TV used to in that there's just a point at night where it shuts off and you can't access it till the morning. I 100% agree with that. And with TikTok, we just talked about it last week on a local news roundup episode because Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia and Governor Kristi Noem of South Dakota, two highly objectionable 
people both have banned the use of TikTok on state computers and devices. And it's the same thing Chet was saying in regards to Trump. Like, yeah, they're both monsters who suck, but TikTok does seem to be a problem. But the thing about the type of content that teens are shown, that's the thing about social media that absolutely needs to be regulated. Like, I know we love free speech and everything, but social media companies need to be cracked down on. Exactly. And if you understand how algorithms work and how human emotion works, like extremist content is naturally going, instead of the cream rising to the top, the crap rises to the top. Yeah. And that's why even though there are, obviously there are things to be critical of, like when Elon Musk and these, you know, Twitter files come out, oh, Twitter was suppressing this and manipulating that. Of course they were. If you don't have algorithms to put shit in check, it's just a cesspool. Yeah. Because there are always bad actors that are going to hijack. Yeah. And if the point is to get attention, the way you get attention and get rewarded by algorithms is is being on the outlier. There's not a lot of room or reward for nuance. Yeah. That thing where algorithms are developed that manipulate your actual human emotions to keep you on an app longer, that should absolutely be illegal. Yeah. Like if a company is found to be doing that, they should be shut down. But instead, every company does that, especially social media like Facebook. We've talked about Facebook so many times on this podcast and how much of a problem it is. Facebook was looking for a patent at one point that would tell them how much pressure you wrote a text with before logging into Facebook, because then they know, like, if you were typing really hard and fast, you're probably mad. So they're going to want to show you something that's going to keep you mad and keep you on Facebook. That is human experiment shit. That goes so far beyond, oh, we're tracking you to show you more relevant ads. That's like Nazi shit. Like, that's MKUltra shit. I'm overgeneralizing here, but, you know, you could argue that pornography in its current form and accessibility. Yeah. What? Oh, go on. Is is a insanely large real-time experiment of what kind of happens to men in relationships and fucks a lot of dudes up in terms of unrealistic expectations in relationship and sex, uh, alienating people, getting people hooked and addicted. And the larger umbrella here is just kind of... We use addiction for lack of a better word, like a culture that's addicted to consumption, constantly consuming short term pleasure, whether it be, you know, TikTok, porn, Netflix, always consuming. People can't just stay in line at a grocery shop or a grocery store without looking at their phone or even be at dinner without looking at their phone. And what this is doing is it's bombarding and frying our dopamine receptors and fucking up our nervous system, especially like things like TikTok and Instagram, because not only are you constantly consuming content, but the types of content are different. Like when you sit and watch a football game, you're watching football for three hours. You're not going from a football play to a fucking car explosion to, oh my God, this person's mom died to, holy shit, uh, this eating disorder thing. Like it's too many things are moving too fast and it's just wrecking our nervous system. Well, what TikTok does for new users is within your first five to ten videos, more often than not, they push a video to get a lot of views. So early on, people are like, oh, shit, I could be a creator. Like, yeah, 30,000 people saw this or however many. And it, especially for people that don't have a lot of experience in social media, that's like impressive that they have an mm-hmm. audience. Then they just tamper you down once you're hooked. And people are constantly chasing to get another viral video. Yeah. Like there are plenty of accounts with hundreds of thousands of followers and their average video now only gets like 8,000 views because TikTok's like, ah, we got you hooked. Fuck you. Danger, you on TikTok? Extremely. No, I'm not on TikTok. But I, uh, all of this is so terrifying to me is the dad of two small girls. I know what to do when it's like video games and microtransactions and all that kind of stuff because I lived video games and microtransactions. I lived, you know, AOL, instant messaging, like all that kind of thing. But like some of this other stuff, like the ways that YouTube algorithms get hijacked to like show you the most like weird, fucked up gaming the algorithm stuff. You know, the fact that despite... Despite everything, YouTube was still showing me ads for Ben Shapiro. You know, like I the the only thing that like in this they age, might be doing that on purpose to elicit a negative emotional response. Almost certainly, yeah. 
Yeah, and if he captures real, you know, sorry, if he captures fans in the meantime, then it's, you know, still win-win. But, like, it's just, I, I got to be aware of what my girls are, are watching and enjoying and try to give them enough, like, self-confidence and self-possession that they can see some of this content. Because can't, we can't avoid all that content. It's everywhere. The content is, like, currency in real life. It's a part of, of, of being a person now, almost. Like, it, it, I may not be on TikTok, but I'm still on, like, Instagram, even though I, like, you know, fucked out of Facebook. You know, like, I still occasionally will, will log into Twitter. Like, it, it, like these things are just part of, of life now. But you, know, you were talking about, like, just standing in the grocery store, you know, people have to check their phones. Yeah, I mean, what's the best panacea for that is actual relationships people being with you like talking to people like i'm or not gonna just, be on, or just I'm not gonna be on developing my phone. some mindfulness and having awareness to like yeah yeah just, i don't need to be constantly doing something yeah just stand there just fucking stand there like i don't i don't know how that has become so hard now like just chill out for a minute look around fucking think of how often you're there. behind somebody at a red light and they don't go because they're checking their phone yeah they can't just sit at a red light like, just sit at that fucking red light. God damn. Like, I don't know how people don't realize that's a huge problem. Well, that shows the power of the compulsivity and the unconscious uh, compulsion and addiction that these devices have a hold on so many people. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't get it. Look, I can play a whole game of Marvel Snap in like 90 seconds. That's fun. Yeah, the last thing I'll say about TikTok mainly because Danger brought up YouTube. We talked about this on a conspiracy pod shortly ago. Like, not that, it was like right before the midterm elections. There was this publication that ran a test on various social media platforms who have all said they've made big, big changes to fight misinformation and election misinformation especially. Mm -hmm, I'm sure. And this outlet was like, all right, we are going to try to run some blatant election misinformation. And I should point out that at the point some of their videos got approved, they immediately took them down. So ah, people weren't, so they weren't, they weren't actually the problem. Right, right. Sweet. Thanks, but guys. they submitted to Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, I believe. I don't think they did Twitter. Or maybe it was Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. But- Either way, Facebook and TikTok both failed very badly. And the videos blatantly violated the terms of their, you know, contracts, whatever, mm -hmm. their user agreement. And in some cases, they like just let the videos go through. There were some cases where they like flagged them a little bit, but it still went through. But YouTube caught all of them. They caught all of the videos they tried to post they went and deleted the accounts that tried oh, nice. okay. to post them. Like YouTube was fucking on it. It's TikTok and Facebook that. All right. I'm starting to realize something. Um, my one of my shittier aunts sent me a video like that. She 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 asked. She texted me for my address so she could send me a, a religious holiday card um, for religion. I no longer practice. Um, and then she immediately like. Two days after that, I was like, oh, well, I haven't talked to him in, I don't know, a couple of years. I'll send him this fucking video link from Rumble about how vaccines, uh, you know, should be taken off the market. And like, apparently, yeah, YouTube. That was in your Christmas getting... card? What was that? That was in your Christmas card? No, she texted. Card. <laughs> oh, God. That's next, guys. Um, uh, in terms of the technology. Well, vaccines should be taken off the market, but only because we're not fucking using them. I'm using them. Come yeah, on. I got to Shut up. Vaccinated. We're in the minority. Uh, God damn it, Chet. Trains of thought. Well, we should YouTube Rumble. Okay, so Rumble, Rumble is YouTube for for people who are like they're taking down my misinformation. I need another outlet. I need a truth based uh, 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 yeah. video sharing platform. Sure. And so yeah, like I'm not gonna watch anything on Rumble. Are you kidding? That it's bullshit. So yeah, like that, that's why I'm not seeing YouTube links to nonsense quite to the same degrees I used to. It's all Rumble now. Yeah, I, I actually think YouTube has done a decent job of cleaning a lot of that shit up. And that's why I brought that up. Chat, well done. let's talk about masks. It just seems depressing at this point. But fucking if you're in a grocery store or a doctor's office or a pharmacy or public transportation. Or if you at go Middle, to the Jack White show. 
See, now we're getting into shades of gray. Wear a high-quality mask properly. The more people don't wear masks, the more you put the onus on people who are immunocompromised or who want to not be exposed to the effects of long-term COVID. A year or two ago, masks seemed like more of a partisan issue of like, oh, people on the right aren't wearing masks, and like, leftists are all good protecting their fellow human. Now, people just suck. Yeah, but we have all the data in the world yeah, to yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's back exhausting. up that wearing a KN94 or KN95 or N95 mask is one of our best protections. So, like, forget the vaccine talks. Or, like, go to all the bars and restaurants you want. But, like, the fact that it isn't common practice in public places of essential services is just so disheartening. Hmm. Yeah, as someone with uh, a kid who is too young for the COVID vaccine and someone whose kid just caught RSV, like, which... It's, it doesn't sound like much. It sounds like a cold. But if you've ever heard a baby lose their voice and be unable to sleep because she's coughing from all of the, the, the snot draining down the back of her throat into her little tiny lungs, like fucking wear masks, guys. Like, I look, I still wear a mask when I'm in the grocery store. I put a mask on my child. When I'm out and about with my infant, I throw the, the, the muslin cloth over her baby carrier. Because that's the best I can do. Yeah. But like, look, it's year three of pandemic specifically, but also it, like even at wintertime as well, like other things are going around. There's a flu right now. There's RSV. Like these are in serious infections. RSV can hospitalize children. Uh, the flu can kill you. I get the mask thing. It's not going to happen. Like it's never going to happen. Oh, yeah. In this I, I recognize country. that. But it still feels like a disservice to not speak to it when I have a platform or opportunity to do so. So I will. Yeah, of course. I do that recognizing that there's not some magic light switch where everyone is kind of going to come to their senses. But I get there's a lot of fatigue and people are over it. And it's just it, – it, especially if you have kids. Like that's a yeah. whole different insane world to navigate. It is. Um, I think – if nothing else, we need to be maybe putting like temporary mask mandates back in place from time to time. Like I saw sure. a news segment the other day where they were interviewing this couple in Orange County and the guy was like, yeah, I when they had the mask mandates in place, there were some stores I just wouldn't go in because they were going to make okay. me wear cool. Make me wear a mask. Calm down, danger. <laughs> Let me finish. Thanks, bud. Stay the fuck home. Go on. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I just wouldn't go in those stores. And the person interviewing him was like, well, what if they put another mask mandate in place? He was like, yeah, I would just wear the mask now. <laughs> and I know we would love to, like, call him a hypocrite or whatever we want to do because he's obviously a fully evil person. But I think that could possibly speak to the idea that maybe more people would be receptive to it now that they know it's not going to be a forever thing. So I think we should run it back up the flagpole from time to time and see how it works. But at the same time, in L.A. last year at Christmas, pretty much right around this time, there was all this talk about, look, if COVID cases keep on the way they are, we're going to have to have another mask mandate. And COVID cases didn't keep on the way they were. And we didn't have and to this have. year. What CDC redid their kind of moved the goalposts. And so there's a much higher threshold to bring back mask mandates. And then those numbers did hit in L.A. and they stood up bring mask mandates uh -huh. back because, you know, the, the leadership openly acknowledged like it's hard to enforce. And it seems like a lot of people won't go along with it. Well, one of the things that makes it hard to enforce, I think, is pretty obvious. Like you're turning cashiers into bouncers, essentially. Sure. And mm. It's not just the people who have to wear the mask that it's a hassle for. It's the people who have to defend that and fight those people who don't want to wear masks. And that ends up being fucking kids like teens and people yeah. in their early 20s who can't even make fucking rent and who aren't even able to pay their bills because their parents aren't rich. Plus and they have to be in a mask and all day, which is uncomfortable. they have to fight right wingers for you. So I think if we want that, we need to put fucking money into it. There needs to either be extra pay for people who have to work places where masks are mandated or do it like in the sky and put a fucking mask marshal at every door. Make him a literal bouncer, not don't make the cashier at CVS do it. That's fucked up. Like, I know COVID is a problem. <coughs> But making those people like the front line defense against angry right wingers is unacceptable also. 
So I agree that we could be doing more with masks, but it can't be on the people working in the stores. That's I, that is a non-starter. I said, I said a broken clock is right twice a day, or the Trump, you know, Trump is right twice in administration. The other thing, I can't believe I'm saying this. If you told me this in 2020 or even 2021, I'd be like, you're fucking nuts. But I genuinely think for as insane as it is, and Trump's a terrible head figure, and he's a agent of chaos, I do believe the leadership under the Trump presidency collectively had a much better response to the pandemic in terms of the interest of public health than the Biden administration. I've been really disappointed with the Biden administration. I've been disappointed with the Biden administration in a whole lot of ways. Sure. I'm saying so specifically many. in regards to the pandemic, like, should be it, at minimum mailing N95s to every household in America. And so much botched messaging of, you know, between Biden saying the pandemic's over, the early messaging of this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated, even though the data didn't suggest that, like, vaccinations are just one layer of protection, but they're not a silver bullet. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole anyone but Trump thing is going to get Ron DeSantis elected in 2024. The whole, I would rather Trump run than DeSantis. Well, like, they're both, hope... both going to run. Trump is going to yeah. split the ticket and Republicans will offer up Ron DeSantis as a moderate alternative to Trump because Ron Which... DeSantis doesn't dispute the outcome of the 2020 election. That's it. He's Trump yeah. otherwise. But he's not moderate. Otherwise, DeSantis yeah, is same further right points. than Trump. He yeah, is. Yeah. He absolutely is. But that whole fucking monster. Oh, at least I'm not Trump. Republicans are going to fucking seize on that in 2024. Watch. Anyway, I think we've made it to the end of the episode, right? Danger Merry has, Christmas, everyone. Hope you had a great Christmas yesterday. Danger has a hard out at 11. Mm -hmm. so, uh, Which only leaves six minutes left for a plug. Yeah, I don't know how Danger's going to fit all his plugs in in that time and talk about his recent vasectomy and all his kids. You never talk about the wife. Why don't you, hey, talk about your wife for six minutes. Go. Uh, she just got a job. Very excited about that. We, we're going to get to keep our house a little bit longer because of... Uh, She's working for the Jennifer Hudson program. Very excited about that. Jay Hud is a she's a, a lovely human being. Jumped on a Zoom call with my wife when she was being interviewed. Pretty cool. Very nice. Uh, but what do we also I know actually have wife? to she's plug? I oh, would uh, like to plug adamtodbrown.substack.com. That's where you can pay me to write. And if you're not doing that, hey, that's mean. <laughs> well, just save February 3rd, y'all. Say February 3rd. February 3rd, me and Danger are doing a show in San yeah. Pedro. It's my Adam's triumphant it's return to the stage. It's going to be my first show since COVID. So it's been years. Yeah. And uh, we're, yeah, we're doing it at the Sardine in San Pedro. I don't yep. know the whole lineup, but nope. countless, on that. We, we countless thousands will be on it. You know, yeah. I was saying I might host. No, I'm going to. It's my first time doing comedy yeah. since COVID. I'm headlining. Uh, but stay tuned for more details. Tickets are going to be yep. cheap. Yep. Five dollars. So cheap. In the venue, it's so it's neat. It's pretty dope. It's got. Yeah, with inflation, that's like three dollars pre-pandemic. Yeah, you, it, we're basically paying you to get, I mean, kind of. But yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Danger, what do you have to plug? Otherwise, patreon.com slash countless thousands. We, uh, we're going to have a new, a new uh, EP this coming year called Woke Moralists. About how much I'd fucking hate Jordan Peterson, among other Did you things. say new PP? New EP. A new, sh a new PP? Express. <laughs> oh, uh, like a shorter album. It does feel brand new. Yes. I'm but it's called PP. An EP. It's called Woke Moralists. Oh, okay. I got my wires crossed. Chat, where can people uh, you see can you? Catch me on the U.S. Association of Pickleball, a uh, national pickleball <laughs> tour. Outside of that, I'm not really doing any dates right now. When's your next pickleball date? Uh... Winter's a little slow. I'm I'm rehabbing a, a impinged shoulder right now, and I might oh, need yeah. to get my gallbladder out. But I did win uh, four medals in the last three months. No gallbladder, bros. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I had my gallbladder out a few years ago. Nice. Both we're of you did. We're all going through so many changes. No, I did. Did you? I don't know about. Did danger. you have a gallbladder attacks beforehand? I had one of the most brutal gall. I had only one, but. It was wasn't it without exaggeration the worst pain of your life? Yes, yes, yeah. I was yeah, home I, alone. It was the worst pain I've ever had. Had to drive myself to the hospital. I got there, 
my blood pressure was 80 over 45. So I was like, another I mean, reason to wear a mask uh, to not fucking overwhelm the healthcare system because yeah. I had a gallbladder attack and it took me two weeks just to get a fucking ultrasound and it's been a week and I still haven't gotten results back. So I still have a needle Thanks, in my jaw. Yeah. Uh, God. Oh, God. Um, anyway. I should go, guys, before All we right. keep going into Let's get out of here. Horrible thing. Chat, uh, say goodbye. No. Danger. Say goodbye. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bristol Street, bring a blood object to Bristol Street. Ha ha ha!